You're listening to Year Disrupted. Hello, world, and welcome to episode six of the podcast Year Disrupted. Our mission here is to encourage and inspire people to live and work abroad through practical tips, actionable insights, and real life stories. We are your hosts, Abby and Gabrielle. And today we have a really exciting episode for you guys. Um, We are basically covering the question that we get asked most, which is, you know, this whole podcast is for people who want to live and work abroad, see the world, not break the bank. And there's one super important question through all of that. What the heck do you guys do? Exactly. Are we just like posted up on the street asking for money? No. No. We're not street performers. We are not. Well, kind of, but not really. Uh, Just kidding. (laughs) So today we are going to cover just the important question of what we do that allows us to live this lifestyle, but more importantly, what you can do. Um, We are two people who have found a way to live and work abroad, but the thought process and kind of the journey that got us here is something that pretty much anybody, regardless of your industry, or job or title can also do to find a remote working situation that works for them and that is also kind of dealing with their their passions and and their hopes and dreams and all that jazz. That's right. Abby, can you tell us a little bit about the landscape of remote work? Um, as we're going to talk about today, the idea of remote worker and digital nomad is a huge umbrella term, but a lot of things fall under it. So, Abby, can you kind of whet our appetite with some facts about remote work and this industry of ours? Yeah. So just to like think about it, I'm sure everyone knows that as technology is getting better, Internet speeds getting better, a lot of people are moving to remote work. And as millennials, a lot of people are choosing to have flexible schedules and preferring jobs that do offer work from home. Mm-hmm. So where things stand as of today, according to the annual freelancing study in America, almost 50% of millennial workers are now freelancing in one way or the other. Another fun fact is when it comes to environment, you know, because if you are working remotely, you don't have to commute to work. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to sit in cars driving a couple of hours. And that's research that finds that average Worker travels between home and office uh, and spends almost three hours on a daily basis. Overall, 700 hours in a year that you spend sitting in a car and being unproductive, which are the hours that you could use (laughs) uh, doing some productive work. That's crazy. That that used to be my argument the whole time at at my last job. I'm like, look, I spent two to three hours a day in traffic Mm -hmm. and I could literally just be up and get to work in the morning yeah and and be way you could get a physics degree (laughs) in that time also can we talk about the fact that those hours are not just hours you know it's not like i'm just twiddling my thumbs or dreaming about you know the world those are traffic hours yeah i'm a big believer that hours spent in traffic is bad for your health it (laughs) changes the fiber of your dna to become a more angry and hateful person (laughs) at least it did for me when i was commuting oh same yeah Yeah. all the road rage Uh, yeah i'm I'm not an angry person but i became quite angry during my time commuting and i was you know an hour and a half each way i was averaging three hours a day it's nuts right 
And then with that comes all the gas you're burning, mm -hmm. right? So according to research, people who started working remotely saved about 10 million barrels of oil in just one year. Wait, because... one person? No, no, no. All together. Okay. The shift that happened from people commuting to office Got it. to working remotely in one year, the number of barrels that saved is like 10 That's million. That's insane. Yeah, 10 million barrels. So hashtag save the environment. Am Seriously. <laughs> And uh, last fun fact is, according to a survey conducted by Flex Jobs, which is a, a website where you can go find remote work and all that, uh, 5,500 people responded to the survey. And out of that, 66% agreed that their productivity improved when they are not in office. Mm -hmm. Even more importantly, 76% think that there are fewer distractions when they're home. So I don't think I've said this on the podcast before, but one of my all-time favorite memes is like offices are nine, like 3% people doing work and 97% people walking around holding salads and talking. And coffee cups and just like <laughs> chatting about stuff. And that was my biggest problem with my one and only corporate job, which was people who I think just had, like I was still trying to prove myself, but some of the older people who I think had kind of burnt out a little bit would just come and just chat. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter when you're when you're in a cubicle or at a desk, it's like you're you're like a sitting duck for people who are <laughs> to bored. Just come and talk, I mean yeah. you're like a magnet. I think that the people who wander around an office are like magnetized or attracted magnetically to the people who happen to be focusing the most at any it's just, given moment. It's mind blowing. It turns yeah. you into an equally angry person that traffic does. So, as you can tell from this intro, we're basically trying to make the argument, hey, we're not totally shitting on office life, even though it may sound like it, but we basically want to open this up to remote work and working from home and being a digital nomad is something that is a growing trend. It is not completely unheard of. It is not revolutionary. In fact, I think it has been growing and growing and growing over the last 10 years. Right. Um, and that 50% of millennial workers are freelancing in one way or another is huge. Uh, it is a lot more popular than people may think. Therefore, it is a lot more doable than people, than people may think. Exactly. Even if you love your nine to five job, anyone will be in the favor of saying, hey, if I can make my own schedule and work from anywhere, why would I not do that? Yeah. Right. If I can wake up and get straight to work instead of having to commute. Right. I don't know. It's so. very freeing. So before we get into the thought process that we want to share with you. We just want to tell you that if there's one takeaway we want you to have, it's that it is possible for anybody. For a certain while, I had absolutely no faith that I could do something like this. So truly in the last eight months, we have gone from zero to 100. The fact that we're sitting across the table in Medellin, Colombia at the start of our year disrupted, it should be living proof. So we weren't privy to some secret that you guys cannot access is what we're trying to say. Right. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Now we're here. So, Avi, <laughs> speaking of being here, I, I get to watch you sit at your desk all day um, as we go about our working hours here in Medellin. So can you tell these fine people listening to our podcast what the heck you're doing over there on your computer? What are you doing? Yeah. So for me, there's two different career paths that I'm currently working on to basically figure out which one will take off. So first one is where I use my um, skills from my past jobs uh, to be able to use those in, in freelancing. As, as people may already know, 
that my history has been working in the automotive industry, and I was an engineer and then also a project manager um, for automotive companies. And so I'm a certified project manager. And I started out by looking at my freelance options, and there seems to be a lot of positions where I could remotely manage people's projects or do like consulting for them. So I've created some freelance clients that are paying me to um, do project management for them. The other item that I've been, or other thing that I'm really passionate about is day trading. So for the past three, four years, I've been day trading on the side. Um, always felt like I could do much more if I had more time. So that's something that I feel really passionate about. And now that I have the time, uh, that's kind of what I'm also focusing on, on a lot mm -hmm. uh, to be able to day trade stocks and, and earn an income that way. So yeah. I, have, I have one option yeah. where, where it's kind of like a, a safer option uh, that's covering like the bills, right. uh, which is the whole freelance consulting and project management part. And then there's other part where which is the part that, that I would yeah. like to grow and I wish grows. Um, and I'm kind of working both of them right now. And based on which one tends to do better, I'll start focusing on that more. Right. So uh, yeah. we'll get into the different types of digital nomads, freelancers, different ways you can explore it. But Avi's an interesting example because he is doing two things. He's doing something to pay the bills and he's doing something else that he's really passionate about. And by living abroad, and reducing your expenses and freeing up your time, taking away some of those hours commuting and hours talking to people holding salads and things in, <laughs> and time in meetings, he is able to work on his passion that may take off and become a primary source of income. That's right. And then for me, I'm a bit different because I'm working on one thing. And I am at this point, I have had my own business for the past six months. I, I started my own business called Incubix, Incubix Branding, and basically we do two things, which is brand strategy and content creation. So work in brand development, helping startups or personal brands or even just other companies basically create their brand story, their visual assets, their tone, their social presence, things of that nature. And then in the content creation department, um, writing, editing, things like that. So that's what I cover. And for me, it's really just how much more can I grow this and scale it? That is luckily my primary source of income and my passion. So we'll get into kind of how you can narrow in on that momentarily. But that is, in short, what we do. And there were some really important steps that brought us here that we're about to go over. Yeah. So now I'm sure you're wondering what your profession is and how you can use your current skills to uh, move into a remote work gig. So uh, we'll just go over some questions that, that you can ask yourself. And hopefully, you know, the, the questions will help you find the answer on, on how you can go about right. working a remote job. Yeah. So first and foremost, the question is, what do you want out of remote work, right? If, yeah. if you're choosing to work remotely, is your, is, do you just want something that is good enough to cover your bills mm -hmm. and you can continue doing what you're currently doing or the other option is there's something you're really passionate about but you just uh, don't have the time for it so you want to be able to take a break work remotely and grow your business or your brand or whatever you're 
And yeah, following up with that, Mm -hmm. that second option, it's really, do you want to focus on that, what we call that location independence lifestyle? So those are kind of the two main camps of what you may want out of remote work. Um, You might be a blend for Abby and I, it is a blend. We do want to take a hiatus, leave America behind, see the world and be able to pay for it. So that falls into that first camp um, where we basically at the very minimum want to cover our expenses to travel. But then too, we are very interested in bringing our business and passions beyond this year, whether we're back in California or we just decide to stay in Medellin for a while. So ask yourself that, are you just totally burnt out and need a year to travel and, and want to make sure you're not going into your savings or taking a year off of professional development? That's a really important first question to ask yourself. That's right. Um, maybe, you know, for the second part nine to five is going to be the death of you and you just want to live differently. So whether or not you're doing it abroad, um, those are important questions to ask yourself. Um, The second step once you've kind of discovered what camp you fall into is, can I do my exact job somewhere else? The exact job that you're doing, maybe even for the same company, can you do it somewhere else? Right. Let's say you have a job currently working as a data analyst, right? Mm -hmm. So if all of your work involves doing online work, even if you go show up in an office, but majority of the work or everything you do can be done on a computer anywhere, Mm -hmm. as long as you're connected to the internet, try asking your company, try working with your manager, see, hey, is it possible for me to maybe work from home? Mm -hmm. Um, If they are not completely on board, try just starting out with one day, say, hey, how about I just like work from home one day a week and then show that there's no decline in your performance, right. um, whether or not like your productivity goes up. And if that tends to be true, then say, okay, how about two days per mm-hmm. week? And slowly you can transfer into um, a fully work from home type gig. Right. And when you're asking yourself that question, make sure to strip away the office bullshit because your schedule probably has meetings and things like that, that most of which are unnecessary, all of which maybe serve to kind of keep people in, in the office, keep people distracted. So when you ask yourself that question, you know, it might seem a little unorthodox, but like truly and really, could you do your job somewhere right. else? Call yeah. into the meetings, chat, check in with your boss once a week via Skype. Um, so definitely ask yourself that question. Um, Tim Ferriss's four hour work week has a chapter on transitioning to remote work. And he runs through a a lot of different scenarios on how you could theoretically go about negotiating that with your boss. So if you do think that is something for you, definitely check out that part of his book. If your answer to that question is no, um, or maybe you hate your job and you're just ready to get the fuck out of there. Um, another, but, but yeah, I mean, you hate your job, but you still love like what you do so maybe you don't like the company you're working Mm -hmm. for but you still want to continue to let's use the previous example continue to be a data analyst just find other jobs at other companies um you know there's a lot of companies now offering remote work for all kinds of positions so see if you can just transfer to a different company that has the same position with a work from home set up and there are amazing websites that you can one of our favorite is remote.co and you can basically filter your skill set even if you want part-time full-time and it will it's like an indeed job board but it's all remote so you know you know doing that involves a, a regular time commitment a boss reviews like that but it's a good middle step 
for somebody who maybe likes the structure of a 40 hour work week or enjoys, doesn't want to deal with kind of the business end of things and just likes focusing on exactly what they're doing. Right. Software and development, if you still, business analyst. Exactly. And if you still like to have, you know, your weekends completely open to you mm-hmm. so you can go out, have fun, then that's probably the, the way you want to go. Yeah. And then other than, you know, using a data analyst, you could use other example where let's say you're a teacher because we have a friend who's a teacher and, and shout out to Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Shannon. Uh, but, you know, she's asked us how could she ever transfer into a, a remote job and, you know, when she's a teacher. So, I mean, as a teacher, there are other options too, right? If, if let's say you did want to come and live in South America, you could come and work for a school here. Um, I have a friend who uh, was a teacher down here in South America. They basically paid her a pretty decent salary mm-hmm. and room and board to teach kids yeah. here in, in South America. So that's an option. And this isn't limited to teacher positions, but if you like being around people, if you don't want to work just completely online, that is a way to see a new country. And even if you're not a teacher, you can still teach English in other countries. So that's just one example of one, if you're a teacher, if you love to teach, but also if you just want to travel and don't really care what you do, that is a great option too. True that. And then, um, so those are, that was our second question is, you know, can you do your exact job somewhere else? The third thing, which is what Abby and I eventually landed on because we didn't want the structure of the 40 hour work week or the nine to five. We did not want to work for our same companies remotely. We did not want to find a similar position and do it online. So if sparks aren't flying and you're not saying like, hell yes, I know exactly what to do. I just need to set it up. If, if your questions haven't been answered so far, then it is time to dream up your side gig or your or, business. Yeah. And before you say, you know, because we didn't want to work 40 hours per week mm-hmm. that we are lazy or anything, that is not the case. It's I not. mean, starting we out work more like, than 40 hours. Yeah, a week. we easily work more than 40 hours a week, like the past, like the six months leading up to quitting our jobs and moving abroad. Yeah. I mean, we worked nonstop. So it will take yeah. time and it will take hard work to get this set up. Especially but if you want it to grow. That's exactly, a good point. Yeah. I, I guess if we didn't want the traditional nine to five structure, whether it was at home or abroad, we wanted to give ourselves that space to develop our side gig or, or main gig or passion. So if you find that this is more your zone that you, you, you don't have a clear idea of what to do is, so make a list of the things that you're good at. Then make a list of the things that you love and see where it overlaps. Yeah. What's it called? A Zen diagram? I don't know. Really? <laughs> where there's like two circles. Oh, or a Venn diagram. Venn diagram. A Venn diagram. Oh, I thought you were talking about some like really nice, like calm, Zen- meditative no. Zen diagram. What a would Venn. Yeah. Yeah. Make a Venn diagram. <laughs> and think about how you could do this in a way that doesn't exist or maybe that, that is unique to you. Think about when you're looking at that list, what is your niche and, and what unique perspective do you have? What, what unique way of even doing things do you have? Maybe it's just the way you think, the way you go about gathering information. Um, how could you parlay this into a product or service and how can you replicate it? How can you do it multiple times for multiple different people? Um, and we would encourage you not to be too myopic here. Really think outside of the box. Don't think, oh, I'm a sales associate, so I could be, I could work in sales. Think about what about that you love. What about that role you're good you, at? Right. 
And and that would help you find answers. So, yeah, Avi, like what, when you were going through some of these ideas, like you said, your background, engineering, project management, logistics, you have a few different steps under your belt. Surely there were some themes you could draw out. How did you go about landing on, on your passion, day trading, and, and even what's about, make, about to make you money here, which is consulting and, and business development, freelancing. Right. So yeah, with day trading, you know, I've, I've always been good with the, the technical side and that's kind of, you know, my, my engineering background and stuff. I've been good with, you know, numbers and just uh, patterns, trying to understand a strategy and focus on those things. And so I've always been fascinated by finance and money. It's not something I went to school for, but, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people go to school not knowing what exactly they want to do. Yeah. But uh, like that's something that I, I never like as a wanted to get into as a profession, but I've always been fascinated about. So um, that kind of led me into the day trading part where it's I, I know it's something that I can be good at mm -hmm. um, because of uh, the skills I have. And so I want to focus on that. Yeah, the skills you love and the or yeah. the skills you have and the things and the things you I love. love. Yeah. So, so that was a great overlap. Exactly. And, and that's something you could sit and do day in and day, day out. Day, right. And the fact that it gives me the location independent mm -hmm. lifestyle, where as long as I have an internet connection, I can work from anywhere, and that sounds awesome to me. Yeah. Um, with the the freelance stuff I'm doing, again, you know, having worked in in couple different roles, I know that. I have, I'm very good at strategy mm -hmm. and coming with solutions that are kind of out of the box and pe things that people don't think of. And now that I've had an all around experience in the automotive industry, I can really help people manage things and come up with idea to grow their business. Nice. What about you? Yeah. So for me, um, it was certainly a mix of many things. Uh, when I think about the things I love, like I said in a previous episode, I just, I love the creative process. I, my background is in creative writing. I love, love, love writing. I love editing. Um, but I, I couldn't think of a way to, that I could scale that, you know, I didn't want to be writing blog after blog after blog or, or just writing and writing and writing. And, and I knew pretty soon I would grow to hate it. So what did I love about writing? Well, I love the concept. I love the, the creative storytelling, the, the uh, creative strategy, big idea thinking. And I, I married that with what I was doing at my current job, which was working in a marketing role. And I was, I happened to be so lucky that during my professional career, I assisted my company through a rebranding and I got really exposed to to the branding side of things. And it made me realize that many companies, many people, they skip branding and go right to marketing. And when I dug into branding, like what is branding? Branding is storytelling. Branding is is a big picture creative strategy. And so I found that overlap between, you know, I'm good at writing, but I'm really good at that conceptual big idea, big picture thing. And that is, you can pretty much move that pretty successfully into, okay, what can you offer businesses or people? So, you know, I work now in brand development. I was able to first create, okay, what's the very basic thing that a brand might need? Okay. They need a mission statement. They need a vision statement. So maybe I just sell, sell those. I'm a good yeah. writer. I'm, I'm good at thinking about things like that. Then how can I grow it? How can I add, you know, a visuals? How can I add web development? So I started with something at my core that I knew I loved and was good at. And that even if all day long I was writing 
mission, vision statements for companies, I would be happy with that because every new company, every new client is a different creative problem to solve. So I can do that from anywhere. Exactly. And you don't have to have, you know, your grand plan right away before you start. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely didn't. At the time, I'm like, well, I'm good at taking a lot of information and condensing it and getting the main idea across. I'll literally just start writing elevator pitches for people. That's right. I had no idea what that would come to. Um, So that's kind of a little rundown on on what led us at least the beginning of thinking, okay, this is what I could offer somebody. Um, And then, so once you even have the beginnings of that, like Avi said, it doesn't need to be a fully formed thing. You don't have to have your like complete go-to-market strategy. Um, Yeah, just know like what what's one thing you'd like to test out, and then just. try to market that and yeah. sell that and or offer that service and and see what comes out of it and who knows maybe you'll like or maybe you'll get more information on what else what other demand there is right. for other products or other services that you can offer and and you'll be able to grow organically from there totally once you have that idea or the beginning of that idea how can you manifest it okay how can you go from that idea to a way that is actually starting to make you money or to bring you in clients. That's right. So how did you start, Gabby, with, with finding clients and start earning? Yeah, so I started on freelance websites um, and primarily Fiverr, but there are a ton of freelance websites, freelancer.com, upwork.com, fiverr.com. Fiverr is my personal favorite um, because I found the most success with that. And I just want to clear up a misconception I had about freelancing that um, maybe you have too, but I wish I would have known this because it may have had me start earlier. Um, But when I thought about freelancing at first, I thought there's no way that anybody wants to pay me to do something outside of my employer. I don't have enough experience. Nobody knows who the hell I am. They haven't met me. Under what circumstances would someone find my ass on the internet and Mm -hmm. pay me to do something for them? Right. And I was really underestimating myself because I think no matter where you are in your career, you can always find something unique that you can offer people, even if it's just based on your passion and your love, Uh, or it could be based on your professional training so far. So if you are, and, and I've tried to get some of my other friends and family who may be interested in this to freelance. Just as an example, my younger cousin, shout out to Rachel. She's still in school. She's an amazing artist. She's already getting her own freelance clients on Fiverr doing graphic design. So just do it. Just throw up a profile. See what happens. Yeah, you'll be surprised on, on how much business you can get. Yeah. And it helps you refine like what am I truly offering? So I, that is one way that we recommend really starting it out even just to test it is becoming a freelancer and you can use the websites, but another super important way of transitioning into freelance is think about who do you know from your existing network that you can work with or, or learn from. And a great example is Johnny from episode three. Yeah. If you didn't listen to that, go do it. Go do it. <laughs> but what, yeah. what, did, what did Johnny do for people who may have skipped episode Right. Three? I mean, so he was working for Nike, but then he got in touch with or while working at Nike, he was also working for these contractors. And that's when he realized that, okay, I mean, these are the people who are already hiring uh, remote workers for their business. So why don't I leave my current nine to five job and just try to get in contact with this contractor and see if I can actually provide my services to them. Yeah. And so he basically leveraged his network 
from his current nine to five job to see if uh, there's people where who wouldn't be interested in his services. Yeah. Yeah. Use your network. And I think some people from our generation maybe are afraid or hesitant is a better word to ask for things. But if you are a graphic designer, start with people you know. If there's someone in your family who owns a business or a neighbor, offer to create their logo for them. Don't do it for free. Yeah. Just say, I make logos. Uh, let me show you my portfolio. Exactly. Or just hit up your local businesses. Say, yeah. hey, you know, if you need my service, like I'll do a logo, give them a, a reasonable price mm-hmm. to start out with. That way you can start building your portfolio and, you know, have some some money coming in yeah. and some experience. And don't undersell yourself. Don't do it pro bono. If, it, if it's going to take you hours, like Avi said, you can do it for a reasonable price, but start getting paid for what you're good at. I think that's oh, yeah. a big takeaway. And then... As the Joker said from The Dark Knight, <laughs> oh, if you're God. good at something, don't do it for free. I love you for that. That is <laughs> so true. So just know your value. At, there's no amount of years that you need to be good at something and to be able to do it well. So freelance leveraging your network is a great way to manifest some of these ideas, some of your own unique offerings that you can give to people. But then there's another one, which is just um, going in, going all in and, and starting your own business. And Avi, I want you to talk about that. But I want to say for me, I started freelance first and then I eventually thought, okay, because I started freelance not really knowing exactly what I could offer people. Now that that's become more clear, I started my own business. But right. some people might already know what they can offer. So can you talk about what starting your own business might look like? Yeah, so we've talked about a lot about freelance. So if you have a service to offer, freelance is a good way to get started, right? See which people are interested in your services. But then there's another part also where uh, you can start your side hustle, which is you know, if you're good at creating a product or if there's something that you're already working on or you are passionate about or is your hobby. So let's say uh, you like making jewelry for, you know, you, that's just kind of what you do as a hobby on the side. Why not like create an Etsy store or like mm-hmm. just an online e-commerce Shopify, store yeah. or, or Shopify and just create a store Um reach out to friends and family. You can easily hire people to promote your product. Um, just do that and see where that goes. And, and who knows, maybe there's, there's a lot of demand for your product. People really love it. And, and that's a great way to start creating a side income uh, while you're still working your nine to five. And then as you grow that business, you can find ways to, to basically sustain that and, and be at a place where you can quit your nine to five. It's also a great way to learn. If you, like Abby said, you can outsource anything. Yeah. But if you want to learn, if you're good at making jewelry, but you also want to know what it's like to build a website, build a website for your jewelry making company. Yeah. If you are good at making jewelry and you hate building websites, hire somebody to do it. You can do it relatively inexpensively. So it's starting your own business is amazing because you can learn to do things that you may not know about. Right. Um, business involves sales it involves um branding so pick what you want to learn and you know outsource the rest that's right yeah and i mean jewelry making is one example but think of like also businesses that you can grow where Mm -hmm. where you're not the person that's making the actual product so if you have an idea for or something well let's use a very simple example of like um, a fashion brand Mm -hmm. like if you have something if you're like cool at graphic designing and you think like 
you have an idea for clothing that that you would like to sell, um, you can easily find companies that would print shirts for you. Uh, you can do that completely remotely, and you can have that shipped uh, directly to like drop ship that directly to a, right. a like an Amazon warehouse or a a ship station uh, location, and they will basically receive your orders and ship them out on your behalf. So all that e-commerce can be done 100% remote. So you don't have to be in an office to start your own And there's business. so many, if it's e-commerce, there's so many resources online that give you the basics of running a Shopify yeah. store. But even if it's more of a service, like what I do, I started out with writing people's mission statements and elevator pitches. But now I, I direct more of the, the client relations and the strategy. And I've been able to teach other people my writing process. And I've been able to hire uh, designers. So for me, I, I like staying in that strategic role, that conceptual role, the thing that made me love this in the first place. But I don't have to do as much of the groundwork um, because I've, I've taught other people how I like things to be. So it, it can be you can do this in a product sense. You can do this in a, a service sense as well. So one thing I want to mention, if it is freelance, definitely check out our blog. Uh, we have an article, Five Tips to Getting Your Freelance Career Started, where we get a little bit more in depth with that. So be sure right. to check that out. www.eardisrupted.com. Yep. Yeah. Use the internet. Use your network. Yeah. Think outside of the box. And one more thing just to add to that is if, if your ultimate goal is to be you know, a digital nomad or work independently or have uh, location independence, just like keep that in mind from the beginning. So anything you you do and any service or any business you're you're starting, um, just see how that would work in a remote work setting. So if you're thinking about a product, like how would you have that product ma manufactured and shipped uh, while you can be completely remote? Or same thing with if you're offering a service, do your clients require you to come into office or have face-to-face -face meetings? Or can you actually mm -hmm. set it up in a way where it's it's completely remote? Yeah. And even if it's like a, a business that's offering services and you have like salespeople that are making calls to sell your service, uh, just make sure that all that can be done remotely. Yeah. And then, uh, so that, that's our framework. Um, we will be posting these exact questions on in the footnotes. Yeah. of this episode and we'll probably end up throwing a blog post about uh this as well so if if you need to go back and kind of take pen to paper write some of these out we will have that resource resource for you in the show notes um but we also opened up our instagram last week at year disrupted on instagram to some questions people have beyond just hey what do you do to make money so Abby's going to get us started on right. those it's time for questions q and a questions of the week <laughs> <laughs> so, so a first question that we received, which is like a pretty straight up in the face question that a lot of people have asked. It's like, how much money do you make, bro? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Gabrielle, why don't you start? There's a weird thing on the internet, right? Like people flex and it's, it's relatively inexpensive to flex. I mean, you can like pretend like you're rich and you don't have a job, you know? So I think it's like, it's kind of muddy waters for people. They hear that, oh, I work online or, oh, I have my own business. And does that mean you're a millionaire or does that mean you're literally making $10 a week? Right. So um, we are not millionaires. Not we're yet. also not making $10 <laughs> a week. Yeah. So I, you know, we don't need to get super into numbers here, blah, blah, blah. But um, at, I will say that the first, I think I said this before, the first $15 I ever made freelancing, I cried. It was yeah. such a good feeling because I wasn't looking at it to get rich quick. And you can't have that mindset. Right. 
Um, I will say that now after months of trial and error and growing and learning, I am happy to say that I make more money than I did at my nine to five, even after taxes, even after all that bullshit. uh, I do make more and I have more time. And I think that is, is the beautiful thing and that I'm so grateful for that. And I'm also grateful that there is even more room to grow. So that's, that's kind of my situation. Yeah. So for me personally, to be completely honest, I'm not making the money I was making at my last job. To be fair, I quit my job less than a month ago. So, yeah. um, but you know, it's, it's all part of the plan. I knew that in order to grow my side hustle, I need more time and I will need a break mm-hmm. from my nine to five. So I saved up. I know what my expenses are for this year. So all that has been part of the plan. I have freelance gigs that are covering my, all of my builds uh, while we are here in Medellin. Right. And so that's not an issue. But I have a lot of time now that I can dedicate to growing my side hustle. And we have priorities, right? Because our priority is to live and work abroad without going into our savings. So that manifests in different ways. For example, Medellin has some dank food on every corner, but do we go out to eat every single day? No, no. because right now, Avi took a huge step. He's right. He's not making as much as he was at his current job, but he had to be okay with that reality to yeah. ever be able to grow what he's doing now. So be upfront about your priorities and, and, yeah, and, and the rest will follow. And just cover the downside. I mean, it's not like I quit my job without figuring out what needs to be done next or where I will earn an income. I had all that planned and I was comfortable with the idea of leaving my nine to five, not making as much money starting out. Um, so once all that was planned and comfortable, only then I quit my nine to five. But, can but I, let's go ahead. Can I just say like, congrats? I mean, not to toot your horn, but that's a big jump. And it took a lot of fear setting and thoughts to to do that because i think what gets people stuck in a career they might not like is chasing the dollar sign first and foremost and while money is important we're not here saying that you don't need money Mm -hmm. to like live you absolutely do and some people want money to so they can buy the car they want there's nothing wrong with that but just chasing the next promotion might get you into a rut so what you did was huge and you know congrats and that's super inspiring muchas gracias gracias yeah, just one more thing to add to that is, yes, I mean, even I want money to have a nice car, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just, I know that I can grow and I have a plan in place and it's just a, a step I have to take. I realized that having multiple jobs and promotions and salary increases was still not getting me to the place I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so it, this is just taking a step back to you know, clear out all the noise from my life and all the distractions and focus yeah. on one thing that I, I love and I'm passionate mm-hmm. about. And for me, in, in a similar vein, I wanted to, I've always been a leader. I've always liked the idea of directing things. I wanted to be able to steer the ship, but I didn't want to wait in a traditional corporate sense to be able to do that. So I had to take the step of, of starting my own thing, knowing it could go wrong or knowing I might not make yeah. as much money. Um, but I, I, I wanted to do things in a different way. So you have to do them. And we have to repeat this one more time. Do it while you can. Do it while you can. Do it while you can, while you have less uh, liabilities, less bills to pay, less people to 
uh, worry about it. Yeah. And you know, now is the time. We so currently just aren't take paying that child leap support. Of faith. Yeah. Either of us. We're not paying child support. <laughs> we don't have mortgages. We don't have car payments. Yeah. And so we figured it was less of a risk. And not that you can't to, do yeah. it if you have a mortgage, but it's just easier. So don't yeah. let, if the only thing holding you back is fear, then don't let that. So what were some other questions that we received? So the next question was, uh, this is from Brendan. And he says, I just started my freelance side hustle as a graphic designer. How much money do I need to be making to be able to go travel abroad? Well, Brendan, that really depends on where you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there are so many countries that are optimized for lower costs of living. Right. And then there are other countries that are bougie as hell. So. Yeah, definitely depends on uh, where you want to go. But I think um, for us personally, yeah. we looked at places that were great for expats, had good infrastructure to be mm -hmm. able to work remotely, but at the same time, had a lower cost of living. Um, and we personally like looked at our bills and what an estimated rent would cost, including like food and all the fun we need to have and the flights and what we came up with about a thousand dollars each for mm -hmm. us. And that's like living in the, the nicest area, like having plenty of money yeah. to, to have fun. We are not living like backpackers and mm -hmm. we're not like eating ramen every day yeah. you know we're, we're living basically the same lifestyle we were living back home right. and but it's just i paid over uh, we both paid over a thousand for our own rent i mean yeah. shout out to southern california some of you may not be dealing with those heavy prices but i think a thousand dollars a month is insanely reasonable when it comes to being able to generate that on your own whether it's through freelance or just teaching english to kids online there is there are a host of ways to earn a thousand dollars a month exactly. you can literally send pictures of your feet to strangers <laughs> on the internet <laughs> just for that we're not we're not sanctioning that we're not fully advising yeah we do feet not pics, advise but but hey if you got to do what you got to do mm -hmm. you know <laughs> so again you know to brendan it's it's you have to ask yourself what you want if it is to be able to afford to live abroad to not go into your savings you'd right. be surprised at at what you can do with that exactly so so just to give you an example of since we are in medellin right now and and we were to take an example of the cost of living here. If you want to come here, you could easily find a room for yourself for $300 a month, like in, in the nicer areas. So if that's what you want to do, uh, you know, $300 that includes like all the utilities. So you have, I don't know, give yourself another three, $400 to cover your food expenses and anything else you need to do. And, and then there's and so much flexibility there. If you did need to eat ramen, you could, yeah. um, and the last question um, we received was, how do you handle negative feedback or skepticism towards your lifestyle? Yeah, so we've definitely had people question, uh, especially our parents, totally understood they were worried. Shout uh, out to Tim. Yeah. And my dad. Yeah. Um, my dad's been really chill about it, actually. Yeah, shout out to my Indian parents. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have an Asian parent, you know, you can understand. Oh, Telling your parents that you're quitting your job to basically do your own thing um, and travel the world. Yeah, that's the way to freak them out. I remember Avi was having the talk with his parents. I was out of town or something, and I just, I get a text from him saying, like, I'm telling my parents out next year, and it's all going to shit. Like, they think <laughs> I'm just going to become a homeless hippie. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it, basically all that to say is 
it's not been met with complete open arms. We've been absolutely so fortunate for the love and support we've received, but there have been questions. There have right. been raised eyebrows. Yeah, and, and to be fair, like my parents came around and, and the reason for that is like I told them that I had a plan in place. It wasn't just like a knee-jerk thing where I was basically quitting my job because I was unhappy and I was, wanted to travel the world. Like I told them, look, this is my plan. This is what I'm doing about money. Um, I have everything in place and how I'm covering the downside. If things don't work out, what will I do? And so now they feel at peace and, and they're more comfortable now. Yeah, I think and, the main thing, I mean, understand that nobody has to approve of your lifestyle. Only you do. Right. But I think you're better equipped to answer questions when you have a really strong why. Right. And definitely visit episode two to kind of, we talk about what our whys are and what has propelled us. But I remember... We were visiting Avi's family and we sort of got not like a line of questioning like the Spanish. Yeah, and it wasn't yeah. But and it wasn't like like they were being negative about no, it. No. They were like legit questions. Right. Um and they said that hey, we just want to make sure that you've thought about those mm -hmm. things. And we were able to answer every single one because this was so important to us and we believed it to our core that not like we were being combative, but of course questions have come up. But I'd say we have not been asked a single question that we didn't know how to answer. So putting your brain and your heart into it will really help. Yeah, and keep yourself open to criticism. Like if mm -hmm. someone is actually asking or has concerns about what you're doing, yeah, listen to them. Maybe yeah. they, they do have a legit concern right. that you, you need to address before you take that leap of faith. You and know? you can always say, you know what, fair. Uh, you're right, this might all go to shit, and I'm prepared for that. Yeah. So <laughs> don't go around like talking like a lunatic, like you're going to make $10 million the first month. But just as long as you've accepted the fact that, that you can fail and it's going to be okay, you know, the mere fact that you're doing this will inspire others. Um, so, so just do it if you believe in it. Um, try not to make any, like Avi said, knee-jerk decisions. Think it through. Think about what makes would make you fall in love with this journey and do it. That's right. All right. So I think those were all the questions. Uh, so just to wrap up the episode, then, what do you think are our main takeaways from this episode today? Yeah. So main takeaways, uh, one, just do it. I think um, if you are interested in doing it, if you believe that this is something that you really want to do and fear is the only thing holding you back, mm -hmm. then do it. We wrote a really great blog about fear setting on our website. Check it out. Um, the fear setting is a legitimate activity you can do to help, you know, get rid of some of your fears. So I think just, just do just it, do it and, and be okay with, with failing. You will learn. I think people look at failure as a zero sum game. Like, well, if I fail, I didn't succeed. But if Avi and I failed tomorrow, we would have already learned so much about ourselves, about professional development. So don't don't think of of failure as an absolute you will learn whether mm -hmm. it's about yourself whether it's a new skill whether it's about what you even just don't like you will learn so be patient think outside of the box use your network true and cover the downside and just make sure you do a proper analysis of what could go wrong mm -hmm. yeah and then i think one of the most important pieces of advice I've ever gotten from my amazing, amazing, amazing mentor is that remember that you're on a non-traditional path. So don't compare yourself to traditional people. 
for example, I am a learner. I love to learn. I, I just, I'm a huge nerd and I'm in a place in my life where some of my friends are applying to grad school uh, to further their education. I, I would, that idea sounds awesome to me, but I can't compare myself to, oh, I'm not applying to grad school or law school or MBA, but I, that doesn't mean I'm not learning. I'm just learning in a different way. Yeah. And don't just look at the money. You know, Abby just walked away from a great job, but now he's, we're sitting here in Medellin. We can work as hard as we want. If we want to work till 10 p.m. We can. If we want to work till 10 a.m. We can. We don't have to get in a car and drive three hours. We no longer have to get interrupted by people holding salads and and driving. And then we don't have road rage, and that's awesome. <laughs> exactly. But, um, if you have more specific questions, please reach out to us. We would love to answer them for you. Absolutely. Um, once again, please leave us a five star rating. Uh, please subscribe, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You're Disrupted on all those platforms? That is right. Yourdisrupted.com for more resources and in-depth writings. Sure. And we'll leave a lot of uh, resources in the show notes here about like where you can find remote freelance gigs or remote mm-hmm. jobs. And... And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. That's our show for today. Adios.